I keep accidentally washing my credit card. Neat. Hello and welcome to Isn't It Neat, a podcast where we talk about things we think are neat. My name is Erin and I'm joined by my sisters, Helen. Hello. And Caitlin. Hi. So we've been on a journey through our childhoods, re-watching the movies of the Disney Renaissance, which makes me feel so happy. Yeah. This week, we're going to be talking about Beauty and the Beast, which I re-watched, but you two didn't. <laughs> yeah. Other <I> things. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it last night. So this is uh, Disney's 1991 release of Beauty and the Beast, which is based on the 1756 fairy tale by Jeanne-Marie Jean Jean Le Prince de Beaumont. <laughs> well, like, Apologise to anyone who speaks French. <laughs> and that, that fairy tale is also based on, like, there's heaps of different, like, Beauty and the Beast fairy tales around that are all mm -hmm. just a little bit different. Um, so there are some that came before and then some were that, that were around at the same time, but apparently this movie is based on this specific one. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those, where did the story come from? Who knows? Told <laughs> <laughs> um, different versions of the same one. Yeah. Um, and again, it was music and lyrics by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. Um, and this was... So Howard Ashman died just before the premiere of this movie, mm. which is really sad. He never got to see the final product. Mm. Um, he had a, a screening, like a little private screening in his hospital hospice room um, of like not the finished product but almost. Yeah. I don't know what oh, yeah. That. yeah. It would have been like the dress like rehearsal. Dress rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dress rehearsal. Oh, gosh, we are related. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this this film is dedicated to Howard, which always makes me cry. Okay, that makes that makes a lot more sense because, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I know you tell me all about it all the time, and I've always associated Beauty and the Beast with Howard Ashman, but I never knew why. Mm, <laughs> but I've obviously like picked it up at some point and like understood that, and then never really yeah. like connected everything together. He did also like he did some work on Aladdin because apparently, like according to the documentary that's on Disney Plus, he wanted to do Aladdin. So after even I think even maybe before the Little Mermaid, he was like, "We want to tell this story about Aladdin," um, and it took some convincing, like, and so he'd written some stuff for Aladdin before they really like they'd started working on it as well like because these movies kind of they come out each year but they kind of the production crosses over mm. so there was existing material um and then Tim Rice um came in and worked with Alan Menken to like put together the rest of it um anyway this movie Beauty and the Beast Beauty and the Beast yeah so as time. Yeah. What were you humming earlier, Helen? So I was listening. Arabian like, Nights. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not in Beauty and the Beast, is it? Arabian Nights. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I know. Which I think is next. <laughs> that's next week, guys. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so after the success of The Little Mermaid, um, and then they tried out some new technology with the rescuers down under. And then mm. they're like, no, let's do this like princess thing again. That worked really well. So Howard and Alan had a little bit more um, control and more 
um, they were trusted creatively. Yeah, they had more influence. They had more weight to throw around because they're like, well, we like our movie did really well, the musical. So it's a little bit, it's odd. I always find it a little bit odd because it is more of a musical, like it hits more of those kind of musical beats, but it doesn't really have uh, like a really fleshed out I want song. It, she gets like a verse. I want adventure in, the, in great the great wide somewhere. She does have that um, bit in them, her verses in the first song. Yeah, yeah, she has that kind of, but that's kind of like the intro yeah. to all the characters and stuff. So she has a little bit of her motivations there and then and then she has like half an I want song, um, which we'll talk about later because I think it's really quite interesting the way it's, um, the way the plot goes. Um, yeah. the The Caps... Which I haven't written down what that, and I've forgotten what that stands for. It's a computer animated something something. Um, it, that's the big technology that they oh, developed yeah. for um, Rescuers Down Under. They use that again for the ballroom scene. Oh yeah, I was oh, thinking that as I'm picturing yeah. it, I'm going, oh yeah, that's that same yeah, thing. Yeah, the way we it kind of sweeps time. in and through, and they're like, yeah, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's really funny because they have. Like they obviously put, and that's the huge, that's the big successful song. Yeah, that's the song yeah. that won um, the award, Academy Award, Academy Award. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what you're right. Yeah, and, and the Grammy or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's the big. That's their big song. Yeah. That's like the that's the, thing, the yeah, one the all the stuff. That's the song. It's the scene. That's the big fancy scene with their technology and where they put all their funding, and they're like kind of ran they made this actually quite quickly and they kind of ran out of time and funding so the <laughs> final scene in the ballroom is like a copy paste it's <laughs> yeah it's a copy paste from sleeping it's beauty it's just um and which i never noticed before because you know that they're all human because again, i was and they look- distra- always distracted about the fairies going pink make it blue make it pink <laughs> and then that was the only thing that really sticks yeah, out pink, about the dancing blue. it's that theme yeah yeah and so- i always wanted the magic dress Mm. Yeah, that would just change colors. I always still want that. Better in blue, anyway. Oh yeah, I like the blue dress better, but I want the like ability to change my mind partway through the day. Yeah, because <laughs> we. I, I kind of always wish the other fairy would have gone make it green. You know, like at the end when they're having their fight and it's all like half is pink, half is blue, mm. and it's all mushed. Yeah, I want yeah. that one. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so th- this scene, like watching it, so they have the whole like all the characters coming and they're, and they're all really happy, like the the household objects now human, and mm-hmm. they have their little chat, and then it's like um, the choral version of Beauty and the Beast as it finishes, and they're dancing around, and you can see like all the guests, all the nobles are like they're direct from Sleeping Beauty like they're wearing their like late 14th century outfits with like the hennens and the stuff it's it just doesn't the match background anything whatever anyone else is wearing and um and the dancing's the same it's just that they've put the different clothes on like Beast and Belle and stuff and it's like and and the the those guests at the, at the thing they don't move either they're just completely still so I have a question. Was mm-hmm. this something that was like revealed in a behind the scenes session or did like so, like this is obviously before we had internet conspiracy YouTubers. Mm-hmm. But like did someone the equivalent of the internet conspiracy YouTubers be like be like hang on a second when it came out? I don't Do I don't know? know. They probably did cuz people would have recognized it. Like I yeah. 
didn't because I don't remember we didn't have Sleeping Beauty we didn't watch it that often it was yeah. a rental sometimes yeah. um we watched but it Beauty wasn't on like the top tier rental like uh Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast yeah <laughs> but we we had an original release of Beauty and the Beast I'm pretty sure because yeah, that's the, the video tape. that's all scratchy at the start so yeah. yes we miss almost that whole beautiful the, prologue narrated yeah. by um yeah. David Ogden Steers we could hear that, it but we couldn't see it, so we could yeah, listen and it to went the prologue. Wah, 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 a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> My childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know. Yeah, that and even watching that, rewatching that again was like, oh yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen like the actual like the stained glass window progression. And even before when you're in the forest and you go through and there's Bambi's mum and then it goes oh. up to the um the castle. Oh, no, there is. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, Bambi's mom's alive. Yeah, Bambi's also, mom's in a lot of things. How old is Bambi's mom? Because she's a Spaniard a couple Doesn't of Doesn't matter, it's there. Disney. Don't worry about it. <laughs> she's a time traveler. <laughs> I'm a conspiracy. <laughs> and then they reused a lot of assets and animations in their movies, like Jungle yeah. Book. Yeah, 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 and yeah. the, the Maid Marian dance yes. in, is um, from um, Snow White. Like, yeah. it's, it's a thing yeah, that they've done. And they've I think by the time, like, watching Beauty and the Beast, by the time we got to that final scene, I wasn't overly interested in it because and because it was weird that all the household objects were now human and they looked weird and I didn't like them. <laughs> yeah, go back um, to and then it's for. just them dancing and so I never really paid attention and I never noticed yeah. that, like, they, they didn't, yeah. the background people didn't move. Also, I was offended that the beast wasn't a brunette. Yeah, I, I always, I always like when he comes and is revealed. I was kind of like, oh, he's disappointing. Yeah, he's I always too thought he was a disappointing. Pretty. I'm, I'm Prince Eric is my type. Yeah, I do kind of like Prince Eric the most out of all the princes. Like yeah, because he has a boat. And does he have light-coloured eyes? I think, I think he so. did He's have blue eyes. eyes. Yeah. Blue yeah. eyes. Yeah. And the, I really like that, the dark hair but light-coloured yeah. eyes. And yeah, it's this, this sort type. of sailor kind of outfit is really, you know. And his dimples. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the, with the awards, so this film, it was the first animated film ever to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. And it became the first musical in 12 years to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture of the Year. The previous one was All That Jazz, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. I know what All That Jazz is. All That Jazz. I don't actually know All That Jazz. It's um, Bob Fosse's semi-autobiographical masterpiece. Mm. Um, So All That Jazz was 1979 um, and then... Beauty and the Beast in 1991, and then Moulin Rouge in 2001. So it was 10 Moulin years Rouge. before another musical was nominated. But musicals weren't really that big. Yeah. Like all the Disney musicals happened in the 90s, and then yeah. in like the 2000s it was like this like rush of like, let's make things a musical onto a film. Badly. Yeah. Um, yeah. People like songs and dance and things. They can sing along yeah. too. Um, it lost the Best Picture Award to The Silence of the Lambs. And the best sound award to Terminator 2. Huh. Hmm. So Silence of the Lambs is a good film, so mm. that's fine. Wait, but uh, I'd have to watch Terminator 2 again and listen to it to be like, is it really better than this Disney musical? Because <laughs> Am I thinking no. of The Matrix or Terminators with had the noises for the robots? 
I think that might be Matrix. Because the robots was, the Terminator 2 was the, the one that was liquid that could shapeshift. Oh, with the girl. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Uh, it's the Matrix, funny. they were like in, it's Mr. Anderson. <laughs> he was in the, um, and the they, And in the handful fluid. of scenes they had in the real world, there were these um, Mechanical robots. Tentacles. Octopusy like, things. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's another divergence. <laughs> Back yeah. on track. My tape Disney. teacher worked on the Matrix. Um, really? Yeah, he did the um the text, and he was telling us all about it, how they had to essentially invent this new that, stuff like, to green make the, the green text. Yeah, how Ooh. he had to invent all this stuff to. And I can't remember the tangent anymore. But that's that amazing. But he worked yeah. on the Matrix. I think you told me that before. I think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I probably um, told the story before. But it's yeah. still a good story, though. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of the Golden Globes, um, The Little Mermaid was the first to be nominated in terms yeah. of like, animated um, musicals, mm-hmm. but Beauty and the Beast won it. Yes. So it was the first animated film to win the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture. Motion Picture. Motion, motion, motion picture. picture. Yeah, so it did, it did really well. Mm. Um. Anything else to say about the film that you guys didn't watch? <laughs> we have watched it, Erin, just a not in the times. last 24 hours. <laughs> I feel like right, every time I watch that. it, I'm reminded of how much of a douche Gaston was. <laughs> oh, my God, he's terrifying. Um, so we're going to take a short break now and we'll be back soon. <laughs> back so the characters so helen brought up gaston yeah he's terrifying and he's more yeah. terrifying the older i get yeah mm. cuz he's because could be a real one. person yeah we've met yeah, someone exactly. who acts like gaston yeah and has mm. like a a clinger who just supports all their terrible actions as mm. like their natural right and he's accepted by the town as yeah. being really cool yeah, and really, yeah, he's manly. got, a, he's he's got like, like the a definition whole... of toxic masculinity. Exactly, and all those girls that are like the, the, that groupie that just oh, we're so in love with you for being a yeah. jerk. <laughs> yeah, and he kind of like in the end, he kind of goes off the rails mm. with his obsession. So he beca- like he he starts off to me. He starts off as like really real. Like mm. any, like there are people who exist who are like him and have yeah. his ideology and and that and society panders to, and then he kind of becomes more and more cartoony because it comes becomes more and more kind of outlandish almost. Yeah. But like the um, only thing about it, like if you take out the fact that there's a magical beast in Magical Castle, he's decided that the one girl that he's going to marry is the prettiest in town, not because she's interesting or he enjoys her company. It's because she's a trophy. She's a trophy. And he's the prettiest as well. So it makes sense that the two prettiest That's his are line together. In the song. Right? Yeah, a line in the song. And she rejects him, which he does as me. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she rejects him and um, he goes Can't into a bit of a tantrum, but he doesn't ever think oh, she's going to go to someone else. It's She's just going to not marry. She's just going to be this weird person who's rejected Gaston for the rest of her life. And he plots to, like, 
manipulate her into accepting mm. that she mm. has to be there to serve him sort of thing. Yeah, does not ever think that she might have yeah. wishes or dreams. Like exactly. She's just there for him to marry and to and then, like breed his babies. Exactly. And he's probably never considered that he will be um, monogamous with her, just that oh, she yeah. has to be for him. Mm. And then he finds out that she's she's disappeared for a little while and she's been living with another guy and she doesn't want to come back to him um, and they have a little confrontation and she, like, if there was a mobile phone, she basically goes, this is what my boyfriend looks like. Mm. And he goes, oh, okay, well, let me go sort that out then and basically has a tantrum which culminates in him attempting to kill the other yeah. person, mm. which we know is something that some very, very unhinged people do do. They, yeah. they like, think they are the main character in the story and when they're shown that they're not after decades of being told, yes, they actually are, they do what makes sense to them, which is get rid of the competition. Mm. and like that, Or they feel that they mm. don't have what they're entitled to. Yeah, and they go and try and take it. It's also like um, the way the fear-mongering Mm. Mm. the way he riles up the mob song the way he riles them all up it's very much like you know like they they pick something to hate on and everyone just follows exactly because the easiest way to get someone to agree with you is to tell Mm. them that they hate someone else Mm. and And agree with them and that town is the status quo yes the only reason that Belle is accepted in that town is because she's beautiful if she had a disability or if she was ugly or, or if she remained beautiful. unmarried for another year or two, she probably would be rejected. Yeah. yeah, like she's already a little, they're like, oh, she's a little bit odd, mm. but she's beautiful, so yeah, we'll, we'll put up we'll with it for now. We'll put up with her and that's fine and they're just kind of a little bit entertaining. Mm. But if she, like if she wasn't what they considered beautiful, I reckon that she would have been even more lonely and, and yeah. Like persecuted, like actively a little bit more. Yeah. A little bit like how they kind of treat her dad. (laughs) What um, century is it meant to be sent near? I think it's like 16th, 17th. So would they they have been around the time of she's a witch? Possibly. So I I know it's just before like the French Revolution. Because yeah. that's the big argument of how, like, Gaston. Yeah, Gaston's being is, like, actually the better choice than the beast. <laughs> because all the nobility are about to be slaughtered. Yeah, so the, there's, like, this theory that Gaston had been away from the town um, when the enchantment fell because he was at war or something. And the enchantment happens and the entire village is also affected by the enchantment because they forgot there was a whole ass castle around the corner, guys, <laughs> and all of the servants, where would they have lived? Probably in the town. Wasn't yeah. that part of the live actions storyline? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I remember yeah. that being a thing. Yeah, like Mrs. Yeah. Potts's husband lives in the town or something yeah. like and, that. And um, the clock had a wife in town who came oh, out yeah, or something. Was... I, think. I remember that being a scene at the end of the live action. Okay, yeah, well, like yeah. reunited. Yeah. It is a bit timey wimey because timey wimey. It's like twenty years later, but he's also only twenty one after twenty <laughs> years. So how old would you be? Also, like the when they go to the castle, so Maurice gets thrown out by the beast, and at first place it's snowing, so it's mm-hmm. winter, and the mm-hmm. first place he goes is the pub to get help, 
Which um, makes sense because that would be like out. the central point. Yeah. And so he tries to find Belle on his own. Yeah. Um, and But she spends quite a lot of time. So in like something yeah. there, the song something there starts mm-hmm. off there in the snow and they're playing around and stuff and then their like relationship evolves and things. But by the time they do the, the big ballroom scene, the the Taylor's oldest time, yeah. like they go outside and sit on the balcony. It's not snowing. It's no. not winter it's like anymore. Yeah. And then the beast shows they see in the mirror. And then when Belle leaves and finds Maurice, it's it's winter again. So that's not that's not been much time because he couldn't possibly have been out for like a day. Because he would have, he would be dead yeah. in that cold with only a cloak and no sleeves and stuff. Or has it been an entire calendar year, and he's not been outside for that entire time? He's done his escape. Oh, he's going in, making trips into the woods, and then coming home and trying, and, and making more trips. No, but and, also straight yeah. away, what's um, Gaston's? What's his friend called? What's his Le, Maurice? Lefou. 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 Lefou is put on guard outside the house oh yes and uh, yeah and then there he, when they come back and they haven't <laughs> like they haven't if i think if bell was actually away for a year gaston would have noticed that and been like she's actually gone because he's wants to be pestering her so he's gone straight from the pub he set up a meeting with the um judge claude frollo <laughs> not him yeah but it is him <laughs> it's his voice um we set a meeting with him and then put lefou on guard so that's maybe like a day or another night but like the the judge claude frollo says i don't usually come in the middle of the night like i think gaston's called him up like mm. at the pub and being like we need to have a meeting yeah, and then maybe. put lefou on guard and he's outside and he turns into a snowman but like he's still there when bell returns so yeah. like, i think it's only like a day in the town but it's been like months in the castle oh. and then also which would make sense when, if there's like an enchantment so like yeah the, like time's a bit weird yeah so yeah. it's been like 20 years inside the castle but no one's aging they're just like experiencing decades yeah. of this is terrible yeah and by the time they come back it's not snowing anymore but it is raining mm. um yeah like at the, the last scene right, right yeah we're going the beginning of the movie it's green still yeah it's like autumn <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it turns into winter quite quickly um <laughs> and bell like i think this is also so in a lot of the early like all of the princess movies it's been about the princess and the prince is kind of just a prince yeah. <laughs> like he's just a trope a walking trope yeah um who has no wants and desires prince eric is kind of the first one who's like kind of a, a little bit fleshed out a little mm-hmm. bit more but we don't really know that much about him mm. um but then the beast uh he's got his like is a, and like the title is called beauty and the beast and i think it's pretty equally about both of them yeah cuz bell we're introduced to bell at the beginning yeah. She's a little bit odd and she likes to read books and she thinks Gaston is a brute, mm. which he is, and yep. she wants adventure in the Great Wide somewhere and she also wants to connect with someone that she can talk to who doesn't think she's weird or just beautiful trophy. Mm. Yeah, and then someone who takes her for what she actually That's is. all yeah. we get. 
in the castle, we get that she's got a bit of a temper and she'll stand up for herself and she's a little bit impulsive. But we get a lot more from like sort of the beast point of view. Mm. And yeah, I think first he's actually introduced. Sorry? It starts off with the stained glasses story. Mm. It's his story. Yeah, it's about him. Yeah. And then we're interested to her. So it's also her story and how mm. it connects to his and how they just intersect. Yeah. And so with the I Want song, she sings, she sings like a verse about what she doesn't want and what she doesn't want is Gaston. Mm. And then she sings a verse about what she does want. And then she gets interrupted by yes. Philippe the, the, yeah. coming. And so she's just gone. She wants adventure in the great wide somewhere. And then she gets interrupted and that kind of changes her whole track. Yeah. yeah. So she she's got to get to make a choice father. because it just came outside yeah. of her. Yeah. It's like and the, she ends up finding someone who like understands her and who she like grows to love and mm. that they they connect on that on that intimate level. Um and but that was just her but also it would be nice. Mm. And then mm. that kind of becomes what she kind of gets in the end. But then she also gets the library which you could argue is big adventures finding the castle is kind of a big adventure because it's a magic castle with talking um furniture and stuff yeah i always took it as the moral to the story is be open to adventures because they could happen close to you or far away like you don't have to go somewhere to have a life-changing adventure you could be very close to home yeah, and also that as you go through life, you could have different goals and dreams and desires and maybe mm. things you, you like move through things. And it's not necessarily that you've failed at something. So maybe you had a career and then you have a career change to something else. You haven't failed in that first career. You've just like it's come to an end Yeah, and you want to start something new. Like that's kind of... And like, and being, she's a little bit older as well. Than, she is like, she's I, not sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like I'm always like, she's like in her twenties. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, she might not be. And her <laughs> voice. So uh, Paige O'Hara is the voice actress um, for Belle, mm. and she has a much more mature voice. She does. As well. I love that um, that little meme picture of Belle coming home and like, Papa, do you think I'm odd? And he's like, what makes you think that? And she's like, well, the villagers just like sang a whole song about it. (laughs) And he's like, oh, yeah, I saw them rehearsing for that. (laughs) I love that. She's like, where was I? (laughs) (laughs) Probably reading. (laughs) That's probably where she was. I do want to talk about the beast a little bit more because his character – I never really noticed, I think, because as a kid I was like, Belle's so cool and she has, <laughs> and I had Beauty and the Beast wallpaper on my wall mm-hmm. and she reads books and I love books. And you want that, um, that library. library. Although looking at that this time when I watched it, I was like, I would be so overwhelmed. Where do you start? Like there are thousands of books in that library, like hundreds <laughs> of thousands. I'd just be like, and they're probably all that like hardcover bound yep. and I, I don't know where, like I, I would feel the need to like methodically work my way through it, but I wouldn't even know where to get started or how to find anything. You would have to hire multiple librarians to just like Oh, catalog. yeah, they would have. They would, oh, I want to see the librarian. What object would the librarian be? Like one of those trolley things? Oh, like the ladder that like scoots around oh, the, the ladder, outside. yeah. <laughs> 
with little eyes and like yeah. help you and find like, stuff. And the, one this- of the runners, like you hold as you're going up the ladder, is like its arm, it detaches and it puts books away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a floating bookmark comes along with your assistant. I did see a picture today, which I thought was really tiny. So I was just, you know, on the internet as you are. And there was a picture of like a bookshop or a library. And on the edge of the shelf, there was a picture of, you know, when in the opening song, Belle is on that ladder in the bookshop oh, and she yeah. like yeah. swings open yeah, and it like runs along. There's a picture of that and it's got the big red circle with the line through it. Like, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't reenact Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously someone's I done it. That. Yeah. I thought that was really cute. Uh, like I guarantee We, we want to talk about the Beast. Sorry. Beast, yes. <laughs> so the Beast, he... And I think the choice of the voice actor for him is interesting because he, you don't, when, if you heard his voice in isolation, he's actually quite gentle, quite soft, and he doesn't have that like low growly thing that you'd kind of automatically There's no assume gravel that a beast to would his have. Voice. Yeah, that gravel. Yeah. Um, but it's not threatening. No, no, no about is, voice for him. Especially at the start, he is. Because he's quite young when he gets transformed mm. um, and he is like a child almost. He is unsocialized. He only has these servants and obviously he's he's got a temper and he's really kind of a bit bitter and he's been really angry and he's showing that anger and now in that beast body he's got that strength to match mm. the anger. Like he can do and some serious fair, damage. If he was a tweeny bopper when the which came and he was just being a little shit tween, mm. Um, mm. being the a tween was. that is in charge of all of these adults around him and never been told no because he's yep. the prince, um, then he's going to be spoiled. He's going to be a little spoiled mm. little so shit. Spoiled. The adults are all like his servants and they're also beholden to him. Like yeah. if you watch all of them, their main goal throughout the whole movie is to break the spell they want to break the spell immediately they're like oh there's a girl we can break the spell can we break the spell and that like that's their motivation the whole way through yeah Yeah, but they've had no choice or voice in any of this Mm. yes they helped create the situation in the first place being servant to a prince who was a spoiled little shit but they're servants. They are servants. <laughs> and there do? is a societal issue here, not a personal issue. Yeah. Society. Um, so if the prince had been punished in isolation, they probably would have been fine. They may have been good people who tried to help him anyway. Yeah, but, but probably would have eventually left. But like yeah, lost but their motivation is definitely I want to return to my life. Yeah. I Isn't want that to. One of the deleted songs here. is "Human Again." Yeah, yeah, and that was again. written for the original film. Mm. Um, but it introduced some interesting timey wimey stuff. I haven't looked at the lyrics again, but apparently they were like, but they replaced that with something there. Yes, yeah. so they came more about which works better in a child's movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's more about Belle and the Beast's relationship developing yeah. rather than yeah. just the the servants being like maybe we can be human again because it makes it more about them. But that is always that undercurrent in the background. And so the Beast, like Maurice, comes in and he's just kind of angry. He's like pissed off. There's this dude who's interrupted mm. his like isolation, and so he's just angry at him. But then when Belle appears, obviously it's like oh my god, there's a girl. This like it could be a chance to break the spell, and then he doesn't really know what to do. So he's not 
he's like, I can't rely on, like, I can't. Um, but he's then like he a does yell at her. T- but then yeah. I love it when he's like, like Lumia suggests that she get a bedroom and he's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, oh, I'll show you to your room. And he doesn't know how to. Because he knows that the, the polite thing to do would be to show her to her room properly. Yeah, but it's but awkward he... for him. He feels yes. so awkward doing because, it. Because, so again, to that anger. he's a teenage boy who doesn't mm. understand anything. Yeah. So he's so demanding. And he's been in a power a position of power his entire life. He doesn't know how to deal with any of it. It's very hard for him to take any kind of constructive criticism. So they're very gentle about the way that they say things to him. Mm-hmm. But he's been put in a really shit situation, which yeah. is not good for personal growth. Mm, yeah. And he's uh, probably with not a group had of any people. growth that yeah. whole time of isolation. He's not had any opportunities for growth because he's still in the same position that he was in before. These servants are beholden to him. They have to do whatever he wants and says yeah. and does. And they tiptoe around him. And, yeah. and they have that. to because it, yeah. like he's also a large in a beast body so he could accidentally yes, lash Lord. out and break one of the um oh my god is that how chip got his chip <laughs> i feel like it was chip is a child it's the gappy tooth. Out of his- i know it's the gappy <laughs> tooth they didn't get smashed by the beast i feel like this is a child who fell over and you know he was a cup so maybe accidentally chipped himself i know yeah. that would be the wholesome thing that's what i've always thought but now i'm like is it darker than i thought no, it's not. It's Disney. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but I, like, I think that's that's really real, and you can kind of you can feel that awkwardness, and that mm. he is like at heart quite gentle, but he like relies on. He just has that anger response. That anger but there's is also the easiest emotion and for when, him to understand. When Bell- talk, talk, talk. Uh, the thing you said about Gaston earlier, toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah. Thank toxic you, masculinity, Helen. Yeah. It got stuck. Um, if he, he's also expressing toxic masculinity because he was he, on that path, yeah, mm. he has to be in charge at all times. He needs to know what he's doing at all times. He needs to be in control at all times, which is a toxic trait. And he doesn't know how to interact. So, like, mm. if because I hadn't been taught that emotional intelligence, yes. Mm. And at the same time, they're also going, "Oh, I like." the girls around us or the guys depending on their proclivities. Um, but you and do. When you're a teenager and you see someone that you're attracted to, it's an awkward thing. You it's feel huge awkward. awkward. And, like, you're how like do I ask our girls? Yeah. And you're like, oh, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to walk normally anymore. Yeah, yeah. like that, that <laughs> well, one that, like, crush doing, walks he's... into the room and you suddenly don't know how how you held your hands before. I was before. thinking about the pep. Where do your hands go? That they give. <laughs> The pep talk they give him when they're like, yeah. invite girls yeah, for dinner and they say, and they knock on the door and he goes, oh, my God, she's coming. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, she's not going to smile. Yeah, like he, yeah. he has the best of intentions and they're trying to help him, but he doesn't have that. He needs to learn that. And 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 he does. So they have their little montage. So Belle comes in and she kind of disrupts the status quo. Yes. Because she doesn't do what he demands and mm. she talks back to him. Yes. But also, she shouldn't have gone to the West Wing. I was like, Belle, for fuck's sake. You're like, a guest he, in this he, house. He's like, you can have, you can have, this is, you live here now. You You've can got go the run of the whole castle West except Wing, this also, one place. that should have been made clear. Like he said, this is the boundary and the servants went, this is the boundary. And she went, I'm mm. going to see what's in the West Wing. But they could have also said, that's where he lives. That's his yeah. room. 
And I think like if I was Belle and I was curious about that and they're like, the beast lives in the West Wing, that's his bedroom, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going there. Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be any near. I'm going to go see the library. Thanks. Like, I feel like this was rebellion from her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Her like, really pushing the boundaries and yeah. then she runs off and then later when they have their little yelling match of like well you shouldn't have been and it's like well you shouldn't have you should learn to control your temper and like yeah. she wins and it's like but i think really it's funny win. because she's not controlling her temper yeah i'm like you <laughs> kind of won with and i love that like, i like, can't like, think of another oh, comeback wait, oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like, it's yeah. like a cop out it's the like the only well, comeback to that is i know you are but what am i which is like yeah. invalid like no matter what format you put it in you've lost because yeah. but they do get past that they like air their grievances and then they get past it and she says thank you for saving my life and yeah. then and then their relationship takes a turn and they start to get to know each other and she makes allowances for him like when they're trying to eat the porridge and yeah. he like he basically has like a disability he doesn't have the fine motor skills with his monster hands yeah to use a spoon I would have and a so, hard time using that tiny tiny spoon yeah <laughs> and, and so like, probably and hasn't had to like, you know use his manners or anything for a long time either no yeah and that's kind of what it's put across as but yeah. then she's like he's having difficulty with the spoon let's both of us drink from like that make that compromise this is much easier mm. for you and it satisfies my sense of you know neatness Decorum, or whatever yeah um um, yeah, and they do that, and she helps him. And in in the Broadway show, there's they they sing the Human Again song, and there's a I'm pretty sure it's in Human Again. There's like a little dialogue break where um, he she he wants to read a book, and he's like, I can't read. And yeah. she goes, It's okay, we can learn. And there's like a little montage of like him learning to read with her she's oh, like I think this was a deleted scene in the cutting because I remember there being a sequence where he's it's just it's been so long I've forgotten how and it might be in one of the sequels it's mm-hmm. definitely in the Broadway show because I've got it mm-hmm. on a cast album mm-hmm. and at the end like and I can't remember what story it is it's like it's one of the it's a story you know it's like a fairy tale and it ends it's like happily ever after and he's like oh I didn't know that like books could do that like you could escape from mm. like what like the world that you're in so this like, is so important because like you've said like a multiple times now that like they come to a loggerheads moment where they're having an argument or they're interacting in a certain way and the emotionally like advanced like method to deal with that situation is to take a breath and then offer a compromise or an, an olive branch mm. like thank you for coming to save me and yeah, they work oh, through it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and Belle is leading him into emotional maturity. Yeah, it's um, a bit like the scene with the birds because he thrusts his hands down, they'll fly away, yeah. and then she drops the seeds down and invites them. Shows you yeah, how to so you can't force these things, and that's the yeah. same with their relationship. You can't just force her to love yeah. you. You have to just like invite them. And it's very much the beast story at that point. Like she's yeah. she's the thing that pivots him and helps him um and she's getting like a small adventure out of it but yeah like so in something there she gets like a little verse hmm. about how she's starting to develop feelings and isn't this a bit strange like actually he's not that fierce but the rest of that is all like kind of beasts development like when he gives her the library like the look on his face and 
Like he's yeah, just he's so, so happy excited. To make, yeah, to make her happy. <laughs> and then when like before they do their Taylor's oldest time, and he's getting ready, and he's in the bath, and stuff, <laughs> he looks stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and like and all that, and he's just really nervous. You don't get Belle getting ready and being mm. coached or anything. She just arrives, and she's like, okay, and then. And she's she is the one who initiate like he he eats with the spoon then as well when they're mm. at the dinner table he's like he's been obviously been practicing yeah. his like genteel ways <laughs> yeah and then she's the one who leads him on the dance floor and stuff and it's just like their relationship does build yes and then you see it at the end like he's come that full circle he's learnt so much from her and he's like she's fixed him up but yeah. he's done that himself as well she's just yeah. presenting him with these things and he's learning and he's growing and then at the end like he asks her if she's happy and that's what he's concerned with from then on like he's he's he knows she like she he loves her and mm-hmm. then he needs her to break the spell but then he's more concerned about whether she's happy and then when when they see Maurice in the mirror and he's in danger and she, he like lets her go, yeah. like that is a huge, huge yeah. character yeah, development Yeah, because he had to, at that point, give up complete control, mm. which he'd never done in any, like, point before. It's always I'm in charge or whatever and someone, like, gently suggests a thing and lets him decide that it was his own idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas... In that moment, he's completely given up any control. He's gone, look, in his mind probably, I need you to break this spell. We don't have a lot of time, but it doesn't count. Yeah, if- your happiness is more important. Exactly. Mm. And, like, at the end of the day, his expectation was until, like, a few short months or days, depending on which tiny <laughs> whiny um, decision yeah. you're on there, mm-hmm. Um was fully expecting to just be a beast forever because there was no hope. So mm. at the end. And then like, he lets her go and yeah. he's like, that's it, she's gone, that's my last hope. Yeah. It's gone, I've let her go, that's the end. Like there's no sort of expectation that she'll come back. Which is like very big on him. his part but also he's now condemned hundreds yeah. of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. There's a and, lot more going on there than like, but and, like, and he. The thing, the big thing is that he has no expectation that he that she owes him anything because she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't. Yeah, and it's yeah, and off she goes, and of course she comes back. Yeah, she shows. Oh, you came that, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That moment when he's oh, Belle came back, and she loves him for him. Like she has no expectation that he's going to turn back into a human. Yeah, and when he when he does, mm. she's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, yeah, who are you? Like, this is a big and the change. same reaction I, that I have of like, "Oh, you're a bit weird looking." No, I don't think. I don't <laughs> he think looks it's a that. bit like Hercules. He does. Yeah, he looks like Hercules, like, but French. So different. Um, <laughs> the whole face is like, "Oh, yeah. how did that?" Mm. But that's the like thing. The orange like, hair. It the... change. He changes, and she doesn't immediately go, "Oh, my prince." She goes, "I need a minute." <laughs> you kind of yeah. really studies his face and goes, "Yeah, see your eyes." Let me yes, work this out. Yeah. As yeah. long as it's you and this yeah. isn't someone else. Because yeah. she enjoyed his company, not his yeah. physical person. Yeah, and that's what she said. She wants someone who want, who it might be grand to have someone understand. Yes. Yeah. You don't just like pick a person and it's always perfect forever. It's a constant effort. Yeah. And you get the sense that Belle and what's his name? 
I think it was Adam. Adam. I was thinking that earlier. It's Adam. Yeah, Adam. I think it's Adam. <laughs> I feel like Adam is the name. I think Adam would put a lot of effort in to make sure that she is happy. I do just want to point out that um, a new production of the Beauty and the Beast musical is going to open in Australia in June. <laughs> is it coming to Perth? <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully. It's big enough. Maybe. Hope it does because I would love to see it because I've I haven't so I've got I've got the original Australian cast album mm, with I don't Hugh Jackman. Huh. Um, I don't like it as much. I suppose listening to it because that but the theatrical kind of adaptations of the Disney um, films they have a little bit of a different tone because they're just a little bit more kind of bigger. They're like yeah. more cartoony. And less grounded, yeah. I think just by virtue of kind of being on stage. Um, from what I've from what I've seen, I've seen like the transformation of the oh, beast, yeah? which looks really cool. And I think that's something that you would love, Caitlin. Probably. Uh, he like mm. floats up and turns around to like the music, and then comes back down. Really? And he's the human. It's really cool. Yeah. Okay, so oh, it's so good. And then also, like the costuming is really is really interesting. It would have and to different. be. Um, and and the staging, I think, is really good. But what I've like Gaston and the Foo become kind of the comic relief, mm. and they mm. play it up for the audience. Kind of like in the movie. Yeah. And also, Lumiere and Cogsworth also have that. Yeah. And I don't always like that because I feel like the performances are no longer grounded in the characters. So Whereas in the film, in like the animated film, like they are the comic relief, but they're not there to get laughs from the audience. They're not yeah. like winking at the audience like this is funny, isn't it? They just are in the mm-hmm. way that they interact with each yeah, other. Yeah, because yeah. Lumiere is the slapstick over the top, expressive one, and Cogsworth is a straight man. They foil yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, they foil each other, and so that like just naturally works mm. to be comic relief and to sort of lift any sort of dark moment. And it needs to be used well and sparingly. Yeah. Whereas if it's like, oh, ha ha ha, they're so funny, ah ha 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 ha, let's make that a focal point of the next fifteen minutes. It's going to be like, mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Really? So. Have either of you seen the the live action film, the twenty seventeen live action film? Yeah, yeah. I think I saw I it with Mum. Yeah, I, I like quite it. liked the Gaston because yeah, he was good. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. Um, I thought the that film I thought was fine. I d- it just kind of was. I don't like. It's nowhere near as good as the original. No. In yeah. in terms of like it's. It just came across as like like it's real, it's like live action, so it's like come to life, which is exciting, especially that first song when they're through the village. I was like, yeah. that's, that's really, that like gives me the nostalgia, like squeeze. But I like the it warm as well because if they created a Beauty and the Beast land like they do with like Harry Potter world and all of that, having the village, like that village, I would have been like, and we could have yeah. walked through and like gone to the tavern and had had lunch and such, and like I saw that and went, that is amazing, and it kind of slowly goes downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. Like, so the, the choices they made, like they're all kind of fine. Like Belle's house you, was inside the town, but she was yeah. To she's meant to go across that. a field. She's guys. meant to have like a little bit of farmland. Yeah, yeah. she's meant to like do the but poopy that's, weeds. That's just a change that like has no like otherwise like, and it is. 
Like it's not quite a shot for shot remake. No, it's not. Which I respect a lot more than the shot for shot remakes. Yeah. Like if you're going to adapt it, adapt it. But you can't, I can't have an, I don't have an opinion about Emma Thompson because I feel like they erased her performance yeah. with the yeah. auto tuning that they did with the mm. mixing and mastering. And yeah. if you want to know more about that, there is a really good video. Um, Ethan from Sideways, the YouTube channel Sideways, does a really good video about how auto-tuning works and emotion in, in voice and performance and and all that. And why using auto-tune takes away from yeah, certain and whether Yeah, and whether it was necessary, like we don't know whether it was necessary or not, like whether, like I don't, I haven't heard her sing live. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I haven't heard her sing in anything But else. they didn't need to sing live. They could have had a full studio situation. Oh, yeah, like, no, it was a studio. Like I haven't heard her sing anything else that's not being oh, auto-tuned is yeah. what I was trying to say. Like, okay. Yeah. Don't know. And they didn't naturally. The other adaptation I want to just touch on quickly is the 2021 birthday celebration. So that was the 30th anniversary celebration which we wouldn't have been able to go to (laughs) yeah no it was was, it's on disney plus okay you can watch it so i watched it um a couple of weeks ago and i thought the concept was really interesting and really cool so they kind of this so it was half so some of it was the film they just played parts of the film and then other parts were like a staged version with a cast um they mesh them together and in the beginning, so they did the, so they had the original um, prologue by David Ogden Steers, mm. which was just so lovely because he's yeah. dead now. Ugh, they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> all the voices are dead. Um, so Angela Lansbury oh, and Jerry Angela Orbach. Lansbury. And David Ogden Steers. How know, dare you? I've been so good with all these other names. And then you say Angela Lansbury. Yeah. <laughs> so she oh, passed dear. away as well. Oh, um, so they started with the prologue and they had, like, they just showed that from the film. And then they did the, the opening number. Um, and so they cast her as Belle, who, who is a, a music person. <laughs> oh, okay. Heard of, but I'm not into the pop scene. She she's like an R and B singer, um, and they had this whole. They started in like a little village. They were on a sound stage, um, which looked like Disneyland. Like <laughs> it looked like it was like that's a sound stage. Like the way like the way the little plants are and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. And they just had like little pop up sets of each like building, which were kind of drawn in black and white. And then they came into whatever this studio was. Um, to finish off the song, they all come marching in. And that set was all, like, black and white drawings, which was really nice. It kind of, like, merged that, like, drawing that it was animated and, like, with these, like, real people. Yeah. Um, so the concept was really interesting. What we were talking about earlier with um, the comic relief, yeah. so they had Martin Short played Lumiere and someone else played Cogsworth, and apparently he's a big name, but I didn't recognise his name or any of the stuff he'd done. And they just, they were only comic relief. Yeah. They were just there and they're like, look at us, we're dressed up as a, a candelabra and a clock and we're here to make you laugh, so we're going to be silly. Um, point so of I, did, I didn't like that. Um, 
the guy playing Gaston was really good. Um, yeah. I liked his stuff. So the guy playing Gaston, I felt, was really good and really grounded and really kind of true to the character. And he managed to make it a little bit bigger as if for a stage performance. Mm-hmm. So you're like projecting to the back row, which kind of looks a bit weird on screen, but I still think it like it landed. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Groban played the Beast. And he gave a really, really grounded performance, which Mm. you can see. So he was there and he's the beast and he's just in it. Um, And they had this weird, you'd like the costume thing that they had, Caitlin, it was like this kind of big thing. And then, but you could see him inside. It was like this puppet thing. Yeah. Um, And you could see the contrast. So they, they did the whole thing. And then at the end, they came out and her and Josh Groban sang Taylor's Oldest Time. And Josh Groban dropped his character and went into his I am singing a song persona yep. with her. They were just singing and it was like the pop version, like at the in the credits that Celine Dion and what's his name sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was this big contrast. Whereas I found that her throughout the whole thing was a pop singer mm-hmm. singing the songs nicely. Yeah. She yeah. didn't have that grounded performance. And that's like the criticism I had. So you, and I could pick out it was like this person is playing the character and serving the story, and this person is not. This person is singing nicely or getting laughs from the audience. That's the that was kind of my thoughts on that adaptation. Um, yeah, and like she probably yes. it was is like a huge like fan of the the movie and is like oh my god I am actually yeah. like she's Jessica a great Bell. Singer. she's a great performer mm-hmm. but it just wasn't what that what I wanted yeah um, yeah but also it is kind of a celebration it is kind of a little bit of that concert mm. but then you had people like Josh Groban really yeah like, performing being, embodying the character and embodying yeah. the story and serving the story mm. really well the other thing I wanted to say quickly is that they had really really interesting choreography so oh, they, like interesting they, as in like interesting to watch or interesting as like, oh, that's a choice. Kind of both. Like I, I liked the choices. Like it was very contemporary and abstract, um, the way they used their bodies and the way they told the story. Like I thought that was really innovative. Like I think the whole kind of the way they put the production together I think was really innovative and really interesting. And what you kind of want to see from an adaptation, like this is a new, like they'd even like the way they – um, designed the beast is new and different and I think that's what an adaptation should be hmm. I, th- um, I think like following your thoughts I think it goes both ways either you're making a decision to go this is a celebration of people who love this in which case we're not getting the Josh Grobens and those who are like into the acting we're just getting people who can show how much they love this in their performance um mm. Getting, or they got Josh or, Groban for his name. He just happens yep. to also be a really brilliant actor. Exactly. But or <laughs> you go the other way where you go, okay, we can have some names, but they have to be committed to the part. We don't have anyone who's just here to be just here. It's mm. we're doing a proper homage to, not a celebration of an homage to. And if you do half and half, you get this outcome where people are like, that's an interesting choice of casting. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it that I way. I think that each of the actors in the production, like everyone involved, I think they did their job really well. I think that it was decisions made by 
Disney, like the company yeah. and the director. Like I think they executed that really well and they did probably exactly what was wanted of them. Yeah, so but I that does They did a good performance in that way. Yeah. It was just, they're just the little criticisms of like different choices I would make. But the decision wasn't made by the performance. The decision yeah. was made by the executives the and at the top, those yeah. at height. Yeah. It's well worth a watch. And mm. like, I still cried the whole way through. Of course you did. <laughs> like, still like, but also having the original animation like butted up against these, these adapt, adapted bits. Yeah. It, for me, really highlighted the difference between them mm. and you and I you could see like even just having like Lumiere and Cogsworth in the two iterations next to each other you could just see that like the animated film the original film like the intent um behind the characters was just completely different and then you have these like bumbling jokesters it mm. was just like like highlighted that a little bit more for me yeah and I don't know if that's something that everyone would notice it just for me it was it was like oh I just like and I was like I don't like this and I'm like it took me a lot of thinking to be like why why am I jarred by this or that but mm. the choreography was really interesting I, I enjoyed all of that um very very different that is, that is interesting and now I might be interested enough we'll see between here and the six steps it takes to get to the other room, will I remember? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually you'll come across it on Disney+. Plus. Probably. Um, I just thought of something else I wanted to say. Oh, I want one of the things that I want the most is a full dinner set from Beauty and the Beast, like with the Beauty pattern the on it, the Mrs. Potts pattern. And I want a Mrs. Potts and I want like oh, yeah. a, the fine china version. Yeah, the, a bone china Mm. Um, which they had for sale at Disneyland at Tokyo too expensive very expensive and also I I didn't trust myself to get it home yeah Mm. like it would be something that I'd want to order with special delivery that's true but yeah that's a want in my life of like I and then even just watching it last night was like I want those dinner plates. You need <laughs> a set. really good. And the stained glass windows. Yeah. yeah. So what you would need is like a kitchen hutch where you could display your lovely dinnerware set with mm. the glass windows and the underlighting, but like a second one <laughs> which has the stained glass windows on it. Yes. <laughs> where all or your like normal cutlery lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then next to it I'd have like a second hutch that's like Ariel's Grotto that has all my treasures in it. Yeah, just all the doors have been taken off. (laughs) (laughs) One day when I win the lotto. So instead of having like a fully kitted out library, it's just like hutch after hutch after hutch. (laughs) Just like different things in it. And I'd have like the costume and I'd do the swing on the ladder. (laughs) Yeah, love it. And you'd learn why the sign says don't swing on the ladder. (laughs) So that was Beauty and the Beast. How often did you rewatch this movie as a kid? Is your video also all scratchy? <laughs> Have you seen the stage production? What are your thoughts on the adaptations? Check out our Twitter or Instagram at Isn't It Neat Pod to dive into nostalgic memories with us, or you can email us on Isn't It Neat Pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Now go and enjoy something you think is neat. Also, Disney, if you'd like to sponsor us, we would love to come to Disneyland. <laughs> this podcast was not sponsored by Disney, but we are. Uh, call us. <laughs>